From Studio C in the 511 Studios, located in the Brewery District in downtown Columbus, Ohio, this is Note to Future Me. I'm Brett Johnson, founder and owner of Circle 270 Media Podcast Consultants. In each episode, I interview businesses and organizations who have implemented podcasting into their marketing strategy. Circle 270 Media works with entrepreneurs, small, mid-size, and large businesses, associations, and nonprofits to strategically plan and execute podcast content creation, distribution, and marketing. With over 35 years of experience in broadcasting and marketing, Circle 270 Media brings a unique approach to consulting our podcaster clients. In this episode, I interview Courtney West, Marketing Manager, Communications and Marketing at the Columbus Chamber, and the host of CBuzz, Michaela Hunt, President and Chief Storyteller. Michaela Media. The CBuzz podcast has some unique factors. First, it's gone through a change of hosts, which, as we've spotlighted in a couple of my previous podcasts, can be overcome. But in both cases with CBuzz, the host is not a Columbus Chamber employee. They're using outside talent. The podcast was dormant for a few months, but it's now in a reboot status with Michaela Hunt, a 17-year TV news veteran. She's brought new life into the podcast, coupled with their partnership with Capital University's Communications Department. You'll find a complete transcript of this episode at circle270media.com or note2futureme.com. And if you'd like to be interviewed about your business or organization's podcast, send me an email at podcasts at circle270media.com, or you can go to my website and fill out a contact information form. Uh, for more information about Circle 270 Media Podcast Consultants and how we can help your business begin or better implement your current podcast into your marketing strategy, contact me again at podcasts at circle270media.com. Here's the interview. As I always do, starting off a note to Future Me podcast, I ask my guest, what nonprofit you support with your time, talent, or treasure? Courtney, tell me about your nonprofit. So I have been lucky enough to become involved with United Way of Central Ohio since right. I, I moved to Columbus. And I've, I've been in Columbus for about two and a half years now. So I've just really started to become familiar, um, you know, especially working with the Chamber of Commerce with a lot of the organizations around town. And uh, I became um, a Link member, which was you know, really exciting through the United Way. They're just doing so much amazing work here in Columbus. Um, so that's kind of locally where I've been centering a lot of my time. Um, and uh, I actually just started going through the process of starting to work with the Columbus Humane Society. Um, huge dog lover. Mm-hmm. Don't have one of my own. Um, but when I lived in Indianapolis, I volunteered at the Indianapolis Humane Society. And that was very difficult because every day there was a new dog that I thought for certain I needed to take home with me. (laughs) And I was in college at the time. So, you know, that really wasn't a possibility. I have a feeling the you know, the dorm, the RAs in the dorm would not have taken too kindly to me starting my own little (laughs) pet shelter there. Probably not. But yeah, so I'm looking forward to just kind of continuing that involvement. Um, And then outside of the Columbus community, um, I'm involved in the Play for Jake Foundation which works to raise awareness um, and raise funds for undetected heart conditions in our youth. Um, that's a, you know, a cause that's near and dear to my heart. And so, um, you know, I spend a lot of my time, uh, you know, donating some of my specialty in media, um, social media, website development, that kind of stuff with with that organization. Um, so I'm really starting to dive into the local, you know, the, the local philanthropy, which has been a lot of fun. And um, yeah, if anybody has a suggestion on another way to get involved, 
helped. Always, always open, open ears. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, why a podcast for the Columbus Chamber? Let's big question. Let's go right into it. And we get that question a lot. And it's funny, um, the amount of Chamber of Commerce is around the country. In fact, just last year, we had the Hawaii Chamber of Commerce reach out to us. So you had to go visit them, right? Oh, oh, I tried. (laughs) They emailed and they said, you know, we're we would love to just learn more about how you've started this up. And I thought, you know, that's a great conversation. And, you know, oddly enough, I feel like we need to do this face to face. And I'm more than willing to come visit. We cannot zoom this. There's no way. (laughs) I don't want to see the ocean behind you exactly. while we're talking. Yeah. Exactly. I need to be there. Sand, <laughs> you know, toes in the sand. Um, unfortunately, that didn't happen, mm-hmm. but, you know, I haven't completely crossed it out. We'll yeah, see. Right, 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 right. <laughs> uh, but, you know, back to that, um, all over the country, we've had Chamber of Commerces and just various organizations, even businesses reach out and say, this is really interesting what you're doing um, and not something we would have expected for a Chamber of Commerce. How did this happen? Um, so it's it's a question that I answer quite frequently. Um and so I'll give you a little bit of background on, on how I got started with the chamber because that'll kind of provide some insight. Um, I, back in 2016, uh, moved to Columbus uh, for an opportunity with the chamber in their marketing department. And it was pretty unique because they were having some uh, a jump and their previous director was leaving and a new director was going to be coming on a few months later. And they kind of needed somebody to run the department on their own during that time. And luckily enough for me, I was a good fit for the job, they thought. (laughs) So I came on to the chamber and um, there was a lot that I was learning pretty quickly and on my own. And one of those things was CBuzz. Um, my predecessors in the marketing department, uh, Delara Casey and Liz Dickey, both still very active in the local community, um, they were the ones that really dreamt this idea of CBuzz and got it off the ground at the chamber um, and really started to run with it. Um, and so they were able to, uh, for over a year, I think it was about a year and a half, almost two years, uh, they were putting out episodes consistently and working with various, um, you know, members of the business community. Um, and so they were the ones, you know, credit goes there to them coming up with the idea and really taking it off the ground and, and, and running with it. Um, and so when I came onto the chamber, I was very interested in continuing the podcast um, because I saw a lot of opportunity for it to be taken to the next level and even the next next level. I mean, there was just I knew that it was a market that we could be in in the Columbus community and really thrive. Um, And I I knew that a lot of other people, a lot of other chambers weren't really involved in that space. So it was an opportunity for us to set ourselves apart. Um, And so we kind of started a process of doing some research. Um, and about three months after I joined the chamber, we had a new director come and, and join. And we started a year-long process of really diving into what that looked like for us and if it made sense. And what we came down to was that we have so many amazing stories in this community, in Columbus, to tell and to share. I mean, we are a booming Midwest you know, metropolis that just, there's so much opportunity here and it doesn't often get translated, let alone within our community, our greater Columbus community, but outside of Ohio. There's so many stories here that are worthy of people hearing, you know, on the East Coast, on the West Coast, all over. Um, So we we just saw the opportunity and knew that we could take the time. And if we did it right and did it well and did our research, that we could really make something that would be beneficial to the Columbus business community and the greater just, you know, the economics of the business world. Um, And so that's kind of what was our driving factor was that this could help set us apart. Um, So that that was our, you know, our guiding force. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
So an interview format is where it's continuing on. Yes. Uh, was there a focus on the interview aspect of it? We're going to interview members. We're going to interview authorities in mm-hmm. their field. Yep. Uh, what type of mixture are you looking at for interview yeah. format? That's one of the biggest things that we changed when we kind of went through the reboot process of CBuzz. Um, in the past, we were featuring individuals who weren't necessarily members of the chamber. Um, and with the business model that we have at the chamber, um, the people who want to be a part of what we're doing, we really want to make sure that we're lifting them up and highlighting their stories. Um, as of this month, we have almost 2,000 members, which is really exciting for us. That's, um, you know, a a large chunk of our business community that we're able to work with each and every day. And every single one of those members has such an interesting, unique, exciting, you know, fresh story and but might not have a way to share that story. And so that was one of the biggest things that changed for us was that, you know, moving forward, once we rebooted the podcast, we wanted to feature only our members because we were confident that that pool of our membership was so strong that we could call just about anyone and there was going to be somebody within their organization who had a story that we wanted to tell and that they could, uh, you know, have to benefit the listener. Um, And so that was, I would say, our biggest um, change moving forward. Um, In the interview format, um, it was previously done in an interview format, and we wanted to continue that. Um, We really just like the feel of having a host that carries the conversation along and somebody who's, you know, kind of consistent. We played around with the idea of inviting, you know, a new host maybe every quarter, switching things up. Um, But our host, Michaela Hunt, I mean, she's Michaela's amazing. Um, it takes five minutes of listening to any given episode since the reboot. And I mean, it's just it's a piece of cake. <laughs> she <laughs> makes it easy, which is, a, you know, fantastic. So once we started working with Michaela, it was very evident that she was, you know, the perfect had the perfect tone. Um, she's an entrepreneur herself uh, and has experience in the journalism world. So she really brings, uh, you know, every every aspect to the table that we were looking for. Um, So it just made sense to continue that interview format and then to really just focus on our membership. Um, And within breaking down, you know, who we feature, um, more often than not, it's usually a leader in the company, but we've had um, lawyers come on who, you know, provide their expertise. So, uh, you know, it's not really geared towards just the president or CEO or a founding partner or, you know, even like chief marketing officer. Um, Anybody that has a good story and that is able to, you know, carry on a conversation pretty well, because we know that 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 sometimes is a struggle, too, is finding somebody who's willing to talk on the mic. Yeah, (laughs) which is always, you know, always an interesting hurdle to to go through with some people. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of how we we came to the setup that we have today. And your reboot, focus on the intended listener. Mm -hmm. Who is that? So it's interesting. You know, a lot of people would assume that it would just be anyone in the business community. And while that is true, uh, we really try to approach our topics and our guests and the way that we're formatting our content with the aspiring entrepreneur in mind. Um, Columbus is known for its entrepreneurial community. I mean, we have such a strong uh, focus uh, on that here. And so I think that's really what sets apart our business community as well. And For the chamber, you know, we want to see the business community thrive. And in that means supporting aspiring businesses in the businesses of tomorrow. Um, And so we wanted the topics that we're featuring to be able to, you know, have have somebody that's maybe sitting at their job right now or sitting in their college classroom and they have an idea or a dream or something that they think would just 
you know, thrive and, and really take our community, you know, an open market, um, really take the community to the next level. We want them to be able to listen to these episodes, uh, take something tangible away and learn from somebody else and apply that directly in their business model. And, you know, maybe that means that they don't start their business for another five years down the road. But our hope is that when they do establish that business, they will think of CBUS and in return, the Columbus Chamber, um, and, and how we were maybe able to just pay a little bit of a, a piece in, in their journey to creating that business. So that's kind of our niche where we try to focus. Um, but it, it's, it's really fun. We have people of all different levels in their career that, that listen. Um, you know, my mom lives in Indiana and she listens. It cracks me up. Um, she's a teacher and she's like, Oh, I just, I learned so many new things on this month's episode. And so it's, it's a lot of fun. It's definitely applicable to everyone, but I say our niche would be those, okay. those entrepreneurs. Good, yeah. good. Uh, how many people do you have involved with this process then? Uh, from what you said earlier, there were at least two. They brought yes. you in for one. Yes. But now what does it look like? So on the chamber side of things, there's um, I'm kind of the main lead on the podcast, okay. um, which is exciting for me because I you know I love being a part of it. Uh, but our marketing department is two people strong at the chamber. We're, we're strong but mighty. <laughs> um, so on the chamber side of things, we're the ones that kind of manage all of the planning, uh, the interview, question writing, all of, you know, all the fun stuff <laughs> behind okay. the scenes. Um, and then we actually work in a partnership with Capital University, which is another really unique aspect that changed with the reboot. Um, and at any given time, that number fluctuates with with how many people we're working with at Capital. Um, we have a uh, currently a class of students who we work with. And um one a faculty advisor of some sort um, that you know he's he's their teacher in the course, but he's also my main contact. Um, he is fantastic, Chad. Shout out to you. You're awesome to work with. Um, but so once you add in the number of students that work with the capital, it's anywhere between ten to twelve. Um, and then you take Michaela into account. You know, it's it's under fifteen people, um, but the majority of of the people who are working on the podcast is is those capital students. Gotcha. Yeah. How did that collaboration start with capital in, in working yes. with students? This is this is very different. Yes, uh, of anyone that I have interviewed so yes. far and know uh, that are putting podcasts together that they're using mm-hmm. university students to get it done. Yeah, which and that's a great way to put it. They are getting it done. Um, so that is kind of a unique story. Uh, when we started going through the process of reevaluating what we were doing, um, we were going through a lot of change at the chamber and really taking a look at, you know, what we were doing, who we were doing it for. And um, we wanted to make sure that the podcast was Come on in. Come on in. I've got Mike on. This is exactly Perfect. what we are figuring. We said, you know, <laughs> Michaela's going to come in the middle of the podcast. We're yep. just going to leave the mic on so she yeah. can sit down <laughs> and, and begin the questions right then right? and there. Which is where you thrive, Michaela. I feel like you can just jump in and, you know, <laughs> make it happen. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Let me take off my hat. So we were just talking, Michaela, about I was getting ready to tell the story about how capital became involved. So. Welcome. <laughs> good, to, good to be here. Right? <laughs> Let's go into that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, talking a little bit more about the partnership with Capital, uh, when we started to go through the reboot process, we wanted to find a partnership um, that would be mutually beneficial with somebody so that they were potentially going to be taking just as much away with it as we were. Um, and myself being a, at that time, a recent graduate, and I, I guess I'm still kind of a recent graduate of college, but at that time I was about 
six, seven, eight months out of college. Um, I went to Butler University in Indianapolis. Go dogs. Um, at that time, you know, I had taken classes uh, just a year prior um, that involved, uh, you know, video editing, audio editing. Um, I was on a sport TV, a sports TV show um, on the back end of it um, at my university. And so I knew that universities were doing things like making podcasts mm-hmm. and that they had studio space that was state of the art. And I also knew that students you know, are always eager to be able to get that real world experience that they can add to their resume because a year before I was that student that was looking for that, you know, experience to to add to my resume. Um, And, you know, luckily enough, living here in Columbus, we have so many amazing universities that are truly state of the art. And the students are so advanced beyond their years, even when they're in school, that I saw an opportunity for us to take advantage of a partnership. Um, and so I started kind of doing some research on, you know, some of the, the courses that some of the local colleges were offering. And um, when I started researching a little bit about Capital and their audio um, facility, I noticed that they had a brand new studio space that they had just opened up oh, great that year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was almost as if, you know, the stars aligned. Um, they had a brand new studio space. I needed a studio to record in, um, and I knew that they had students who would probably be eager to be involved. Uh, so that was, you know, a, a fun moment of realization. And then came the part of trying to figure out if they would be interested, um, you know, in being a part of of our rebooted podcast. Um, so I scheduled a meeting with um, Chad, who I shouted out earlier for all of his awesomeness. Um, had a meeting with Chad just over a coffee. And started to feel it out. I told them about our idea, what we wanted to do, and how we wanted to utilize our partnership with the university to maybe execute the podcast itself. And he was so excited from the start. And he said, you know, I think this is something that Capital is really going to be interested in. Let me take this back to our dean. We'll have a conversation and I'll let you know. So I thought, okay. Now I just have to wait, you know, go home, back to the office and try not to think about it. Um, And they ended up coming back and saying, we think this would be an excellent opportunity. We have a brand new state of the art studio space um, and we would love to have the chamber come in and record their podcast. Um, It's great experience for our students. It's great experience for us. It's great visibility for both organizations. And like you said, the timing really couldn't have been better. We really lucked out there. Um, And so we we just decided to start that partnership. So um, we've been working with those students now for over a year. I guess it's about a year and a half now. Um, so it's been a fantastic partnership and was really just great timing, like I said, and us realizing an opportunity to take advantage of um, where we could both kind of scratch each other's back a little bit, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's always nice. And I think yeah. I think we're at a moment, too, where universities sometimes struggle with doing some of the latest and greatest things from a teaching perspective, right? So I went to a fantastic journalism school, one of the best, University of Missouri. But at the same time, we weren't prepared, I don't think, for where media was headed. Even though it was the best of the best, we weren't prepared. So the fact that Capital has a program like this and that we can bring real-world application Mm -hmm. to them Mm -hmm. and they can help us, it's a win-win. And I mean, these students are having the opportunity to meet some really amazing, influential people in the Columbus business community. And it's actually funny tonight. I'm meeting with um, their class, their new class for the semester, just to introduce myself and give a little bit, bit of background about the podcast. And whenever I do these meetings with the classes, I always, you know, stress to them, 
you know, this really is, I mean, it's potentially a little bit of a, you know, not a job interview, but you're making an, you have the opportunity to make a great impression on somebody who knows just about anybody in this community. Um, and they do a fantastic job. They're always, you know, so professional and they, they blow me away with how much they know. Um, but yeah, so that, and you know, that aspect too, they're, they're getting to meet some really great people. Good. Michaela, you jumped in the middle, which is great. That's why I left the mic open so you can walk right in. But I do want to establish a little bit of your background so our audience gets to hear who you are, where you've come from, and actually how you transitioned into being the host of CBuzz. So, yes, great to be here with you guys because I believe so strongly in this project and what the Columbus Chamber of Commerce is doing with it. So I spent about 17 years in TV news, starting at the University of Missouri in journalism school, working for a commercial affiliate when I was probably about 19 years old, working a 12-hour shift as a reporter, anchoring some cut-ins, running camera as needed on my shoots as well. Uh, we called that one-man banding back in the day. Yeah, wow. <laughs> now they call it digital journalists mm. or DJs. Mm. So you hear about that a lot more, even in places like Columbus. Mm. So in those 17 years, just to kind of like lay where we were when I got out and started working, my first real job um, in TV was as a producer in Market 82. And we didn't have – we were barely utilizing our websites, right? I think I created Sightwatch for my TV station. I was the 10 o'clock producer. And, you know, so if you need to know information, go to WANDTV.com, click on Sightwatch, and that'll take you to their website, right? So we didn't have that. So I came out of school at a time where a ton was changing. Um, Facebook was like a little blip on the college radar within two or three years after that. We truly did not know where media was going. We we didn't. We didn't have our arms well, around. No what was one being did, really. If you think about it, yeah, it's hard to teach yeah. <laughs> when you don't know yeah. the next year. Wait a minute, where, where did this Facebook thing come from? All of a sudden, <laughs> right? So when I was graduating college, to put you there, I mean, we didn't have cell phones. Like some seniors did my senior year, but it really was the year after when I traveled as a fraternal consultant. It took one year off to do that. That I had a cell phone. Um, so. I worked for 17 years everywhere from Market 130 to Market 32 here in Columbus, ending up um, anchoring a morning newscast for the last, I want to say, six or seven years that I was in TV. So that was really interesting to see that as people went to 4.30 a.m. programs. You know, that was when that transition kind of was being made. And, you know, there were changes in TV and there are still changes in TV and the level of experience sometimes that you get, even in a market like Columbus, isn't what it used to be. And I'm not saying they don't value it. I'm just saying their their business model has changed, right? So got out in 2015 and knew I wanted to tell stories. A new community was hugely important to me still. So how are you going to do that? Well, there was this concept called brand journalism that I just embraced. And so through video and social media, started to do some work in that sphere and then had opportunity come along um, to produce a podcast with Sunny 95 here in Columbus. For about a year, we did it for specifically for moms and families. And then around the time that was kind of sunsetting, Courtney mm-hmm. came to me to say, <laughs> hey, I know you don't know me, but I've kind of been following you, and I think you would be great to host this show given your background of interviewing people and really engaging 
in story, right? Because that's, I mean, that's been my belief about being a journalist all along. It's you are diving into an area of expertise or thought that that person is there for you with, right? Like, I mean, you are getting into their head. You're asking questions from that viewpoint and that perspective. So Courtney came along and we said, I said, yeah, I said, I think it's great. I'd been involved with the startup community, some here in town at this time as well. And I find those stories fascinating. And I said, yeah, if this is an opportunity to tell stories about what's going on in different industries, let's do it. And then in that time, this radio show, I also do a radio show for WTVN right now every Sunday. Um, and that's been great, too. It has nothing to do with business, total opposite end of the spectrum, more about families. But it helps me stay in media. And podcasting now is a more traditional media. It's becoming more and more. Yeah. We just were talking about that earlier. Yeah, it is. Exactly. It's it's uh, And it's changed very quickly, too, yes. considering – how old podcasting is now in the last maybe five, six years, it's becoming mainstream. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think there's a marker in time necessarily, but it is. You now hear people say, I need to do this. How do I do it? Because people want to consume niche content. Right. And that is what podcasting allows. A good friend of mine here in town produces, you know, a podcast about minimalism. And moms, I mean, it's very specific, but there is an audience out there looking to absorb that mm-hmm. information. Yeah. Well, in the way we, you know, our society operates, we're always kind of looking to be doing something or accomplishing something, whether that's, you know, necessarily always a good thing or a bad thing. But, you know, when you're driving in your car, you can listen to a podcast and learn something completely new and have a good time while you're doing it. Um, so I think it's really changing the way we utilize our time as well. Yeah, correct. So I initially contacted Michaela about this to interview Seabuzz. She said, oh, I'm just the host. you got to get a hold of Courtney. <laughs> She's the brains behind the project. <laughs> so uh, this next question, looking at the interview scheduling and the strategy mm-hmm. and the process. So mm-hmm. typically those that host their own podcast do the scheduling, bringing it, they do an interview process. Mm-hmm. So how did you two work together in regards to scheduling? Who's going to be there to have Michaela interview? And make it all work with the school as well. Of course. Well, uh, you know, internally at the chamber, we always have a running list of potential candidates, whether it's people that we know are doing really exciting things or have a great story or people who reach out to us and say, hey, I have this great story and I think I would be really interesting to listen to on CBuzz. Um, and then people reach out to me, too. And then I have to time. forward them to Courtney. Yes. I think more people <laughs> reach out to Michaela because Michaela knows everyone, which is super helpful. That would but, be a piece of it right there. Yeah. Right. I feel bad sometimes because they'll just reach out to her. and I'll say, nope, oh. Courtney's taking care of it. <laughs> exactly. She's the scheduler. She's the one who's talking content. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, we have a long running list at any given time. And, and a lot of it is, you know, what's relevant at that current time. And then, too, like I was saying earlier, there are some people who have really great stories, but they have no interest in being featured on a podcast. You know, they they don't really like to talk or feel comfortable talking to a microphone, which makes sense. So, you know, then sometimes the process is a little bit more of, okay, well, who in your organization also can share that same story who maybe is comfortable on the microphone? Um, so there's some research, some background that goes into it and making sure that it's it's a good fit for both of us on both ends. You know, we want them to be comfortable from there, we kind of go through our booking process. Um, you know, we have to make sure studio space is open at Capitol. And uh, we try whenever we record to knock out anywhere between two to four podcasts in one evening. Um, and, and we're changing that a little bit. We're doing two this coming semester. But um, Michaela is has to be on for about four hours straight. And she is one person who I can say I have seen 
be able to hold a conversation for four hours straight and not skip a beat. Um, but that just plays into how well of a fit it is for, for Michaela and, and with our organization. And, um, you know, she's a natural on the mic. So it's works out very well. Um, but, you know, back into that scheduling process, once we kind of have our people finalized, our date finalized, um, you know, I'll brainstorm some questions here and there. And then, you know, Michaela with her journalism background, if I even provide a few bullet points, she can take it and run with it. And um, so we we work, you know, I think we work really well together in that sense of just kind of collaborating on the background questions or right. what things we might want to touch on. And- I'm kind of like the closer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, so they do they do Bring this in, they do this come. prep and they prioritize <laughs> what's needed from that timely and relevant place. Mm-hmm. Courtney provides some questions, some bullet points, and then I get to dig into the meat of it. And depending on how I'm feeling, like obviously everybody kind of gives off a vibe when they're going through an interview. Um I play upon that. And some people are more comfortable to your point than others. And so I feel like it is my job to make them as comfortable as they possibly can be. And I've always been that way about the work that I do in journalism. I want people to feel able to tell their story and not to be overwhelmed by the fact that there's a mic or a light in their face. And so that's what I do. That's how I close it. Well, and I think too, Michaela, I don't know if you, this is something you consciously do. I'm sure it is. But, um, you know, I've noticed that we'll have somebody come in and Michaela will just jumpstart a conversation with them, ask, you know, hey, what's going on? How How's life been? And how's business? And, you know, just because we I draft questions and I think those things are the most interesting, you know, there's so many things that we don't find out about these people until they're sitting in the studio. And so it's it's always a fun process to have somebody come in and Michaela will engage them in conversation before we even start recording. We'll just be setting up the mics and, you know. Then sometimes the interview kind of takes a completely different angle just based on the information that they provide. Um, like John Rush, you know, he had just come from a meeting with um, um, a he'd been with a parole officer, parole officer, right? Yeah, and so that had completely changed. Uh, the way we approach the interview. And in his day, I mean, his yeah. attitude, it was a tough conversation that he had just had with his parole officer. And John's a pretty upbeat guy, um, given what he does and help and how he helps people. But we did. We, that That did change a bit of that interview. Yeah. And I think it's it, so, I mean, that's another big part of it is just, you know, we, we are professional, but we also allow some flexibility to you know, let let Michaela run with it. Well, and, and, to, and to that point, I will say it's not it's not overly scripted. And I think when you have something like this, that is I mean, this is a part of what the chamber has in terms of offerings. But at the same time, you have to make it be authentic. You can't just go down a list of questions. If you really want an organic conversation, you need to be free to have the conversation. Right. You did have a transition of hosts, as we referenced just a little bit ago, and yes. there was a bit of a downtime that you weren't mm-hmm. publishing. Yes. What was the strategy of bringing it back and going, okay, we're back? Yes. But, but of course, unveiling Michaela Hunt as the host is a huge, we're back. Yes. But what, what were the discussions like in regards to, okay, we've taken, I guess it was maybe nine months, a year off, something like that? Yeah, so it was about eight or nine months um, that we had taken off that we weren't even recording. Um, and so I think the last episode, when I came onto the chamber, there was a few um, of the previous kind of the the CBUS that was previously being published in the bucket, so to speak. Sure. So we were putting those out through um, December of 2016. And then January of 2017 is when we really dug into 
re-looking at everything or just taking a second glance at, at what we were doing. Like I've, you know, I've talked about a little bit today. So um, I think we recorded our, our first our first ever of the new rebooted CBUZ, our first episodes in October, November of 2017. So there was about maybe nine, 10 months where we weren't recording, we we weren't doing anything but doing some scheduling and just taking a look at things. Um, and we debuted the new rebooted CBUZ in January of 2018. So um, there was a full year before, you know, where people weren't having um, any new content. Um, now, the interesting thing, and I think something that gave us a glimmer of hope that we were making the right decision to continue this podcast was that we still were watching the numbers go up. People were still tuning in after we hadn't put out new content for about five or six months. They were still downloading old episodes and still finding the podcast. And that just told us there is a niche here. There is opportunity here. And it's a space we do need to be in. People want to hear from these business and community members. You know, this makes sense. So that was reassuring as we were going through that that planning process. Mm-hmm. And so when it came time to finally put out, you know, that that first episode, there was a lot of uncertainty in regards to will people understand that this is kind of something new, um, that we're building off of something old. Like, you know, I mentioned there was a great foundation for us to work off of, um, thanks to our predecessors in, in the department. Um, and so for us, it was a lot of focusing on um, marketing it as something new, you know, tune into the reboot of the Columbus Chambers Business Focus podcast um, in partnership with Capital University, because that the capital aspect has a really unique play and a really unique opportunity to, um, you know, market and advertise what we're doing. And it automatically makes people a little bit more interested sometimes when they hear that we're working with students to produce the podcast. Um, so for us, it was a lot of um, just organic, also word of mouth. Um, Michaela has a huge following. So we got lucky there um, that she was willing to also promote the podcast on her social media sites and through people she was meeting with. Um, and so we saw people dive right back in. Um, and we kind of knew right away that we had gone in the right direction and had not struck gold, but we had essentially, you know, hit a niche that we were meant to be in. So it's a little bit about about mm-hmm. what it looked like just kind of going back in. And we've just built it from there over the past year. So this is a guess. But if you hadn't found a Michaela to reboot, do you think CBuzz would be publishing? So that's a great question. I think it would be publishing. I'm not sure if it would be nearly as successful. Okay. Uh, just because Michaela's voice, and I talked a little bit earlier about the, just the tone that she brings to the podcast. It's very conversational, as Michaela mentioned. And so it makes people feel like they're really getting to know these people. You know, we had uh, Dr. Frederick Bertley on the podcast. He was our second episode uh, in the reboot. Um, he's president and CEO of COSI. And fascinating man. So, so fascinating one of the most intelligent people I've ever met. Um, and that's not somebody that you normally probably get to sit down and talk to. Um, I mean, it's it's fascinating what he's accomplished. And I won't give too much away because everyone should go listen to that episode. There you go, a little teaser. <laughs> yeah, exactly. there we go. But um, Michaela, the way that Michaela was able to talk to Dr. Bertley and you know, some of the stuff that, that he was talking about is, is so niche and she was able to make it applicable to everyone. I mean, 
You While know, still we, having fun. Yeah. Because he's a blast. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, he truly is. So here's all of this intelligence, right? And then he's just a good time. Oh, yeah. And has a good backstory. Oh, yeah. Interesting. And, you know, he has, you know, doctorates in immuni- immunology or something like that. I mean, he's just, he's so smart. And so. Um, but he also wears these like orange converse all yes. around, like the orange <laughs> chucks that have become a thing. So cool. I mean, just the coolest guy. Yeah. So um, I think. I don't think we would have been able to find another host that could so easily translate these the the personality of the guests that we were having and have that come across the mic so well. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's hard to do, you know. It's it's hard to have somebody on the mic, and if you don't have somebody that can naturally lead the conversation, sometimes it comes off a little bit awkward. Right. Well, I, I so appreciate you saying that. Obviously, Courtney, that means a lot to me. I think something else that was important for me in this role. That maybe your traditional media person, and I was that traditional media person for a long time, wouldn't bring is that I'd been a small business owner for two years. And so working in that space of kind of a newer concept in terms of brand journalism and creation for companies um, from that content creation from that perspective and from the subcontracting end of things. I mean, I am a solopreneur, micropreneur. But to have myself in that headspace really helps me out when I'm interviewing business owners. You get that. Makes sense. The the, the host being an, an entity that's outside of the business is intriguing because I think a lot of businesses who want to get into podcasting may not have the personnel inside to really be the host. And I think this offers an opportunity to really think outside of the box going, okay, you don't have to have somebody – from inside your organization or your business to host the podcast, but you do need to find the right person outside to take care of that for you. Um, I, I, I really think it's a really good example of don't let that become a hurdle. And, and you've accomplished that in, yeah. in, in spades. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. But it's finding the right person, exactly. And I think yeah. you're giving it a really good example of how to do it, whether it is going to a traditional media person uh, or somebody maybe in the community that has some social media collateral that would do it but there are a lot of other pieces to that though too that they do have to be a good interviewer because most interview podcasts are for networking purposes by the business owner or the business itself they want to network they want to bring in potential clients or their clients that they're already working with like you're doing and offering them branding opportunities collateral they can take that podcast and put on their website and such but you're out you're an outsider I am, yeah. Totally outsider. You have no skin in the game other than you believe in the chamber, of course. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing this. Correct. But you're having a great time, too. I guess I'm leading to a question of how do you find a person like that? I mean, you got lucky. Yeah. You really did. You asked, and she was available. Mm -hmm. And that's why I wanted to go back to Mm – would it have happened without her? I, I'd like to think yeah. it's because I'm. I maybe I'm a little bit of a good salesperson, Michaela. I, mean, <laughs> you I are sold you too. pretty well. Nice. You sold me pretty well. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, and I think that adds to by you know going into the next area. I want to talk about is the marketing that you do behind it. I mean, there's a strategy behind it. What social media do you use? How do you go about promoting? future episodes as well as past episodes and continue that into the I mean every episode you produce is evergreen. It has long tail until that person may be gone from that organization. Uh, but how do you approach that? You know, I'll be frank. We haven't fully capitalized on the marketing capabilities um, with the podcast at the chamber. Um, we've had a year at the chamber that's been full of some a lot of growth, um, which comes, you know, a lot of 
work. Um, and so, you know, at the chamber, like I said, we're a, we're a two-person team. There was a little bit of this year where I was a one-person team. Um, so there was a lot of different areas that that needed attention. And um, I think now, you know, we we have a new director at the Chamber of Marketing and we find, who really believes in the podcast and he really believes in the work that we're doing, which is fantastic. Um, so I think that we're finally going to see 2019 where we capitalize on some new opportunities with marketing um, because in the past it's it's mainly been all organic. We uh, funnily enough, we we do not have a budget for CBuzz as it stands. We're looking to change that this year and trying to monetize it enough to where we can put some money on the back end in regards to, you know, paid social, reaching new audiences that we, you know, through our, our own channels ourselves, we might not have the ability to reach. Um, and so I, I think there's going to be a lot of growth for us in that area this year. You know, there's always when it comes to podcasting opportunities to kind of take it to the next level. And I think that's kind of our biggest marker because we have a great host. We're bringing on really exciting guests. Um, we have an audience. How can we continue to grow that audience? Um, so the past year has been a lot of, um, you know, organic social media, working with the guests that we're featuring to bring them on board, working with Capital to have them also, you know, uh, push the podcast themselves within the department, outside of the department, to prospective students. Um, you know, there's a lot of opportunities for cross promotion with both the guests and the partners who we work with. Um, so we're lucky in that sense. That is another perk to having somebody or working with people on the podcast who are outside of your internal organization because you just have that many more people on your team and that many more networks to kind of, you know, dig into. Um, so that's been our main focus is is really trying to utilize that. Um, we have done some interesting, a few interesting things with marketing this past year. Um, one good example is we had our retail summit this past August. And we had a really exciting panel that we were featuring. It was the woman in retail panel. And we had Cindy Monroe of 31 Gifts, Denise Doxay DeLong from Singleton Construction, and Lauren Culley from Fox in the Snow. So three, you know, major, very diverse powerhouse retail speakers. Um, and we decided this is going to be such an interesting conversation. We know it's going to be full of just some really gems of, you know, little tidbits. So we decided that we were going to make that panel a live podcast recording. Right. And um, we were lucky enough to where we'd actually brought Michaela in as our MC for that entire event. So we already had our MC there. Um, so Michaela moderated that that live podcast that we did. Um and so that was a whole other opportunity to kind of within that room and within the event kind of market it as, oh, yeah, our CBUS podcast. This, you know, um, so we've been trying to get a little bit creative with uh, kind of even internally within our different events that we're doing and our different programs that we're offering or, you know, members that we're meeting with. We're trying to really um, let people know that this is a resource that we have and it's free. You know, that's that's another thing that's great about about podcasts and, and what they look like. It's it's free information. So that's kind of what the past year in marketing for us has looked like. Uh, the coming year for us, I think we'll see a lot more, um, you know, going behind paid paid advertising for social, maybe some um, ads that we're doing in various, you know, local newspapers, magazines, maybe some some on-air stuff. So 
more to come on that. Because ultimately, when it comes down to it, if, if you really think about CBuzz, you are getting the opportunity to talk with these playmakers here in Columbus that you or hear them speak, I should say, and ha- hear a conversation with them that you're not getting anywhere else. No one else is having the president of OSU. No one else is having Dr. Drake on for a 45 minute to hour long conversation. You know, a TV station is not going to do that. A radio program is not going to do that here in Central Ohio. Same with Dr. Bertley. Same with all of these other big names in Columbus. The place you're going to get it because they have the ability to bring them in. It's honestly the chamber. Right. And and you're recording without looking at a clock. Yes. Here record. Yes, you're kind of cognizant of we don't want this to really be two hours long, but you're still not watching a clock. But Courtney will t- well, Courtney will tell you though, for some reason, I am like on it when it comes to timing it's, for these things. It's almost a little weird. Like it sometimes is creepy. How much editing do you do? Oh, we I was talking about this, you know, when I first got here today, I, I was joking, you know, sometimes I almost want to tell you, Michaela, please mess up just once so the students have something to take out. Because um, it's funny, you know, because I do, I will listen to the to the audio. And if, we hit 30 or 40 minutes. Oh, yeah. And I'll be wrapping up. And I don't I mean, I kind of know Maybe. it, but I at the same time, I don't. It's I think when of, you're dealing with mm-hmm. somebody that interviews all the time, you have an internal clock. Yes, I probably you, do. You know where it is. And you and it also speaks to where you go in your mind. I'm sure we're done. Mm-hmm. We've covered what we need to do. True. We're good. We're good. We're good. We don't have anything else we really need to talk about. And I'm going to be, make it too long for the listener. That's that's not fair mm-hmm. to their time. They've given us 30 to 40 minutes. Yep. I got everything covered. Yep. So that that's another sign that you're you're right where you need yeah. to be. Well, and luckily enough, another thing that really pays to having a host that has background in interviewing and in, even in journalism um, is that, you know, there's some people who will answer questions a lot quicker than others. And so sometimes that throws you off a little bit. You get through your content a little bit quicker. And luckily enough, Michaela knows how to ask a follow up question. So there's been times we've had a, a guest that will kind of run through the list that we provide. And I'm sitting I'm sitting in the studio, like following along, thinking, oh, no, we're about to hit 15 minutes for this one. But, you know, then Michaela jumps in and she's able to build off of what they've already answered. So, I mean, that's another thing. You know, if you're looking looking to start a podcast, it really you being able to invest in a host is um, is key because it's just going to make it so much easier in the long run. I mean, it saves so much time for us. And if you can't get a traditional media person, what you must have in a host is someone who is naturally curious. Bingo. I was just going to say it's a great interview question going, OK, so if a host, if, if who you're interviewing answers the questions very quickly, what do you do next? That's the interview question. And if they can't answer that go to the next candidate. Exactly. <laughs> and I think a key to that is, and you've learned this too, is you just have to listen because all of a sudden yes. there are little rabbit holes. Whoa, that's good. Let's go down there. That's mm-hmm. great. And that's that adds to the content as well as that makes a great interview because it's something unique that no one's ever asked me that before. Right. And then they get really excited oh, to talk yeah. about it. Oh, yeah. You got up. 10 more minutes of content. Yeah. Right. yeah, it's a lot of fun. So what do the students at Capital do for you specifically? Yes. So when we will come in for a recording session, they already have the studio set up for us, which is fantastic. And then as we're going through to record, um, they'll be checking audio levels, uh, making sure that the mics sound clear and crisp. Um, it's, it's 
it's a great opportunity to kind of get hands on experience with that because um, we are able, you know, we're not a live podcast. So if something goes wrong, we're able to stop and kind of go back. But I will say that in the past year, over a year that we've had uh, the recordings at Capitol, um, we've I don't think we've ever had a time where we've had audio problems or difficulties there. Um, so for the students, um, a lot of it is the technical side of things. It's uh, making sure the mics, the levels are correct, um, people sound okay, uh, making sure that the room is set up so that the sound isn't, I'm sure there's a, a term for this, Michaela, but the sound isn't bouncing off the walls. Hollow. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm learning a lot, but <laughs> I still have a little bit of the ways to go. Um, and so then they're also keeping track, too, um, of any parts where we know for sure we might need to go and edit out. Um, you know, if somebody has a coughing attack, which, you know, we happens have, from time yeah, to time. We sure. have that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll just go ahead and they'll mark that for us ahead of time. Um, and so then they're able to, after uh, we get done recording, they will send me the raw audio files and then I will sit down and listen through the conversation. And more often than not, it's the, the editing that we're doing is very minimal. It might just be cutting out some coughing or some ums or maybe somebody wanted to rephrase a question um something of that nature or occasionally we'll we'll want to cut down a question or two just to keep it more concise um and so i will provide edits back to the students um time stamps is kind of what what we call them and the students will go ahead and make those edits and send me back the final version um they'll edit in an intro and an outro um we're starting to explore a little bit with sponsorships this year so they'll be editing those in as well uh so for them it's a, it's a, a lot of the technical side of things if that makes sense Mm-hmm. Um, behind the glass, so to speak. Right. And then you are um, using Blueberry as a host, uh, a hosting platform. Do they go ahead and upload to Blueberry or you take care of that? Uh, so I go ahead and take care of that now okay. at this time. And we just switched to um, kind of being a classroom model. It was previously um, students who were in the audio engineering club at Capitol. They were dedicating their time to kind of come in and, and gain experience. We've just started exploring with the model of having this be an actual class for the Capitol students. So I think that as time progresses and as we figure out, you know, what the curriculum for that course looks like, it might be an opportunity for them to be kind of involved in in the publishing side of things. But as it stands now, um, once I get that finished file, I'll go through the process of publishing it to Blueberry um, and then posting it on our website. We have a a CBuzz page where we also have the podcast available for consumption. Mm -hmm. Do you know what the the decision process was of picking Blueberry? You know, that's a great question. I do not. I'm not advocating one platform. Rather, I think there are a lot of good ones Mm -hmm. out there. And it's interesting to note how people choose what they do because each one has its own nuance. Well, and we're starting now that we're going to have some money behind the podcast. We're starting to explore maybe some um, some other uh, platforms mm-hmm. that might be able to give us a little bit more insight into just the met- the metrics of the podcast. Right. Yeah. Keep asking them, though, because number one, they're local. Okay. That's raw voice. They're oh, are they really? Yes, they That's are amazing. local. So it, as a chamber, probably need to, but they're so approachable. Oh, they really great. are. So really as a platform, they, they may be the best to get you that information. Really? That's awesome. Honestly, yeah. Good so to know. make some phone calls. To translate yeah. the metrics, because I think yes. a lot of times it's about, okay, They'll, so what does this, right. what does they, a download mean versus so right. Yeah, because they have, yep. they have people here locally that actually you can meet. That's huge. Okay. Because that's part of it so, too is, yeah. you know. I didn't have any experience in podcasting necessarily other than being an avid listener before I came into 
to, to creating CBuzz. So for for me, it's still an ongoing learning process about what you know. What is the best way to host the right. podcast? What do these metrics mean? Is there better ways we can be looking at this? Right. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's an education and understanding what a download is. What yeah. does it actually represent? Right. I think Blueberry as well. They're the first platform to be certified. Oh, that through IAB. Oh, so perfect. basically their numbers are true. Yep. When it comes down to it, and it's based on things that IAB has said. You must do this for it to be. You're transparency, not to, yeah, transparency, yeah. basically, because mm-hmm. a lot of platforms will say, "Okay, every five minutes we're going to grab," right. and your numbers are inflated. Yep. This Blueberry's gone through a huge process of getting this done, and now other platforms are being IAB certified. So that's amazing. So it's not like I don't need to do my research. Then they went through the pains, but no, you don't have to call Great. them, talk to them. They will walk you through un- to understand what it means. Not necessarily to get better, but they have some. You know, they've been in it a long, 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 long time, and they, and they work with large networks. I love of, that they're local. Networks. So yeah, they are. So that's- let's talk about future plans. For the podcast, you mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, looking to try and some money <laughs> to help promote, maybe some sponsorships. What other ideas are coming up for you? Well, that's a great question because we're we're kind of just starting to dive into the next stage of CBuzz. You know, what does it look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for us, now that we've had a year of some really reputable guests, it's easier for us to start to maybe book some people who. Um, are in high demand, so to speak. You know, there's definitely a dream guest list that we would love to be able to dive into. But I I wanted to be, be smart when we were first asking guests, you know, very cognizant that there's going to be people who maybe don't want to be involved right away um, because they don't know exactly what that's going to look like. So I think now that we have a year under our belts and it's and it's proved to be pretty, you know, successful in a sense, um, that people are maybe are now more comfortable to become involved. And so we're very, you know, we're very fortunate for the for the people who in the beginning we said, okay, we don't have anything to really show you yet. You're gonna be one of our first guests, but we'd love to have you. And they were willing to kind of take that, take that gamble and come on to speak with us. Um, so I think this year we're gonna see a lot of growth in the guests that we have that we have online. Um, I think eventually as we kind of nail down, um, you know, just continue to focus on this partnership with Capital. It'd be great to produce the episodes a little bit more frequently. Um, just just because I know... Well, Michaela's giving them no work. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I know. If she made it a little bit more difficult... So then... <laughs> maybe the frequency can go. I was like, right? sure, if it's a one and done with her, we're good. Exactly. So, you know, as a podcast consumer myself, I know how difficult it is when you have a podcast that only goes out once a month. Um for the other part of the month, sometimes it seems to not be at top of top of your mind because it's not at the top of your podcast list, you know, with the way a lot of the aggregators work. So I think for us, um, growth might be related to in terms of how many podcasts, how many episodes we're putting out, growing the sponsorship side of things, being able to put some money behind the marketing of it, I think is really going to be huge. Um, and just really focusing on you know, this has been so successful so far. And because we're a small team at the chamber, you know, this this could be a full time job. <laughs> I would argue, you know, with just booking guests. And if we were to do it more frequently, there's somebody that could just focus on CBUS um, or, you know, at least at least part time. So I think once we're able to continue to just be more comfortable in the process of it all, um, that it'll become a little bit more smooth. So, I, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunities for us this year. I'm excited to see where it goes. 
Um, but yeah, it's just, I mean, the past year flew by, it felt like the first year. It does not feel like it's been that long. No. And I think too, so Courtney and I, you know, we see each other every couple months, you know, and correspond over email, but there's so many interesting things in tech that are changing that are helping podcast. Uh, there are things like headliner.app, which is real popular right now. That could be an opportunity for us to tease out a show, right? We haven't talked about that yet, but only because literally, I mean, we're producing content ahead of time with these big names, but then see each other only every couple months. So I think the sky is the limit to what the chamber wants to do with it, you know, and what's possible. It's just a matter of for you guys, I would think what makes the most sense in terms of timing and what you can devote to it. This is probably the same answer to both of these uh, aspects of when you get a chamber to call and say, how do you do this? As well as a business asking, okay, you're doing a podcast. How are you doing it? Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to both mm-hmm. uh, that they're looking at this as a marketing tool? Mm-hmm. The, the first stages, what do you tell them? Yeah, I, well, I tell them they really need to sit down and one, do their research and also start to plan out the content that you're going to be putting out on that podcast at least six months to a year in advance. Um, especially when I talk to businesses in particular, uh, make sure that you have enough things that you can talk about or guests that you can bring on where it makes sense for you and your business model. Um, because there's nothing worse than going through all of the work to build a podcast, put it together. And after three months, you kind of realize that maybe you don't have enough, um, you know, ideas or people or content to really make it um, strong, if that makes sense. Uh, so research is, is always the number one thing I say. And, you know, don't just reach out to the Columbus Chamber, uh, you know, reach out to other podcasters who might not be directly involved in the business community, but they're going to be able to provide a better background on the technical side of things. Um, and, and it's also... You know, when we get the calls from the chambers themselves, that's a little bit more unique because they have the same model as we do. So it's a little bit easier to explain to them what that process looks like. They kind of have an infinite amount of guests just like we do, which is a nice you know perk there to starting a podcast. Um, and, and then I just tell them too, you know, make sure you have somebody on staff that is passionate about doing this because it is time and it is effort and you do have to be willing to learn about the podcasting world, what people want to hear, how they want to hear it, how often. Um, so having somebody that's passionate and is going to own it, I think, is important. Um, you know, that's not to say that a team can't own it, but just there needs to be a group of people or one person within that organization that is dedicated to making this thing work. Um, if there's one thing I've learned about podcasting is that, you know, you can't go halfway. You have to go all the way and you have to be dedicated to providing quality content. And, um, you know, we talked a little bit about this today when I when I first came to the studio. But podcasting has changed so much. The audio, um, just how nice and crisp everything tends to be nowadays compared to when podcasting first started. And it was somebody, you know, in a basement recording a podcast. I mean, there's a high level of expectation from podcast consumers. And if you aren't able to deliver on that end of the spectrum, it's almost kind of difficult to justify the rest of the work you're putting into it. Um, so, you know, that's kind of always my lead off to people. And I, Mikhail, you probably field some questions too about people who are interested in starting a podcast based on your involvement with CBuzz. I don't know if you have people that reach out to you that you would echo the same sentiments or the the thing that you said that really resonated with me based on people who who say, "Oh, I want to start my own podcast." Mm-hmm is the content piece. 
you cannot decide the week before you're recording who you're going to have on and what you're going to talk to them about. That's not a way to operate. And sadly, and I will say this about traditional media too, sadly, too many times we are not good enough about strategizing in this area. Um, And so you've got to have some strategy behind what you're doing. You can't just like show up and see what sticks, right? I mean, you really do need to be thinking. And that's the thing about the chamber. They're really detailed about that, where I've seen a lot of people be not so detailed, and then they don't find success because there's all these little nuances to what it can be and how you can market it and how you can do this, that, or the other. But if you're not organized, it's not going to be successful. Right, I agree. And I think uh, a lot of it is, too, when you reach out to somebody can you be a part of my podcast? You have to give them the reason why. <laughs> it's not just because I think you're fascinating. I want to you know hear your stories. Like there are some other pieces to this that I, I would love to deep dive into this and this and this as well, and, and maybe give you an opportunity to talk to you about that as well. Exactly. No, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. Well, thank you for both for being a part of Note to Future Me. I appreciate it. I, uh, your situation is unique. For sure, as an interview podcast of having an outside person doing the interviews for the organization, I think there's a lot to learn here and opportunity for anyone that's looking to podcast that's looking at that hurdle of who will be the, the, the voice, the face of the podcast. And I, I greatly appreciate your insights. Former journalists. I mean, I honestly believe if you can find former journalists in a community that can help you out as a side project, it's a great opportunity. They're, they're more than eager to do it. And, and if they're like you, they want to tell stories. They want stories brought out as well to, to join in, in the story. Too. Correct. I it's agree. natural. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks again. I appreciate it. Thank you. We Thank appreciate you. you having us on today. With over 600,000 podcasts available, your podcast needs to stand out immediately. By working with Circle 270 Media Podcast Consultants, you get the one-year advantage. Your first episode will sound like you've been podcasting for a year. The podcast consultants at Circle 270 Media have over 35 years' experience in digital and traditional marketing, content creation, audio production, recording, and broadcasting. We strategically bring these worlds together and consult businesses who are implementing podcasting into their marketing strategy to grow their brands and businesses. Own your story. Engage and interact with your customers and clients. Grow your brand and business with your own podcast. For more information about Circle 270 Media Podcast Consultants and how we can help your business begin or better implement your current podcast into your marketing strategy, Contact me at podcasts at circle270media.com. At the Bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high fly into all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. Well, I found one of our new Vauxhall Griffin editions. Yes, what comes as standard? Standard? Well, alloy wheels, sat-nav, aircon, DAB radio, Bluetooth, smartphone projection and USB connection. Wow. 
Is that everything? Sorry, forgot the colour touchscreen. Buy a new Griffin Edition Adam, Astra, Corsa or Mocha X Plus and get a whole host of features as standard. The Griffin Edition range. All Griffin, no bull. Visit your nearest retailer now. Vauxhall, British brand since 1903. Participating retailers only. Limited units while stocks last.